Welcome everyone to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best daggum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. And in case you didn't know, we got another special guest today, Miss Tracy Lee. But now it's Tracy Lee Zog Zogby. Zogby, you got Because you've exactly got married right. since last time you was here. I have. Yeah, you was here what a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Very new. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Miss Tracy Lee Zogby. <laughs> is from Asheville, North Carolina, mm -hmm. and she is a cicada seed rep. Would I say rep? Um, I'm in product development. Product actually. development. Yeah. Well, well, you've been around a long time. No, I, I don't mean that no, a bad way. I have been word. around I don't, a long time. I don't time. mean that a bad way. I have been. <laughs> you've been in the seed industry a long time. Uh, about 25 years. Yep. So you're, you're well-versed in the seed industry. You graduated from Clemson. I did. We're not going to hold that against okay. you. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And your wealth of information for us, and we're just, it's wonderful for us to work with you. Cicada Seeds has been a great partner for Hall's Tools. And I just want to tell you, it's been a wonderful partnership, and we're looking forward to many more years of that. It's great to have people you can work with that think like we, we do. It is. I, you know, I've said this before. I said it on the last show when I was here. You guys are doing just such an amazing job in a real area that needs it i just think there's so much opportunity to give home gardeners more yeah and you're doing yeah. it so yeah. i'm happy to be here yep. again so garden update what's going on in Asheville, north carolina and it's cooling off a little bit but you still have time to plant some things right it is so we are all still picking like picking our tomatoes picking our peppers and cucumbers that kind of thing but things have just really been coming on strong um but we're already gearing up um well some of us that start indoors and put transplants out have already started that as far as the fall crops. Um, but there's still time because so, so much of these fall crops are really cold tolerant and frost tolerant. We get a lot more snow and frost than you guys do here. But there's still plenty of opportunity even there to direct seed some stuff. I was just zone looking at my seven? zone 7A. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess... Got plenty of time for what? Collards, turnips, mustard, spinach? Yeah, any of those um, leafy greens, um, but then things like beets, carrots, radishes. I mean, the kind, the list kind of goes on. Yeah, People yeah. say, oh, the garden and garden's over. It's not over. The list is longer. Oh, you got a lot to do. The list is longer. Yeah, down here, believe it or not, I got fall corn growing, oh. and it's about knee high. Yeah. <laughs> I got ambrosia corn growing, and ambrosia, I don't know why. You know, we're creatures of habit. Ambrosia is my go-to corn variety. I do love it. So I got that growing. My tomatoes are about knee-high as well. And I got small tomatoes on there. Uh, squash is coming in. You can see here the oh, yeah. Delta squash are coming in. And cucumbers. Whoa, get back on there. This is Calypso cucumber. Ah. And let's see what else I got. Uh, okra. We this got, might be one of mine. That might be one of mine. You that, know that, that is one of yours. So that's the fateful jambalaya. Yes. And uh, we got uh, roselle. Oh, no, I, okay. Oh, okay. Roselle hibiscus is, is going to be starting before long. Now, have you ever done roselle? I have never done it. you got to do roselle okay. hibiscus. Oh, yes. Well, then what do you do with it? We make wine out of it. Oh. We make jellies out of it. Oh. We make teas out of it. Okay, that uh, sounds all, good. You can, all kind of, you can actually eat the leaves. The leaves are edible. Really? Well. I haven't done that, but you can you can do it. I you know, that's it's, interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful plant to grow. So uh, give us a little bit, because you've got your finger on the pulse of the seed industry. Give us a little <laughs> update on what's going on there. And I'm talking about as far as supplies, shortages, 
inventory? Oh, that yes. Well, as you know, as you know, uh, it was an unprecedented year last year. I mean, for all of the hardships and difficulties that the year brought for all of us with COVID, it it was a boon for the gardening industry. And, er, you know, everybody was home. Everybody wanted to plant their own food, yeah. you know, but that created a rush like we haven't seen in probably 20 years, you know, and exactly 20 years when, when I say this is kind of an awful thing, but when bad things tend to happen, people go home and garden. Yeah. 9-11, we just had the 20th anniversary. Right. That was the last giant boom. Right. So that's what we saw last year. So what does that mean for people like Cicada that's a producer of these seeds that you then sell to the home gardener, well, we're producing the seeds a year or two prior, right? We've got crops in the ground for a year and a half, two years to sell to you, mm -hmm. to sell to the gardener. So we almost ran out on a lot of things. So it was great as far as like, oh, everybody's gardening. Well, they're coming back this year. We've got a lot of new gardeners out there. And a lot of people think, well, I don't want to run out again. So I'm going to buy way more than I need. Well, there's still a shortage because we're just catching up. So we're not going to run out. You know, there'll still be seeds for everybody to buy, but we're catching up. Our crops are just coming in, the seed crops. We're having to take the, you know, it. when the seed crops come in, there's a whole other few months where you've got to clean them. You've got to test them. You've got to make sure they're up to par before we send them to you. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening right now. So with that being said, I'm sure <laughs> there's a few things that you're out of yeah. that you're probably tapping your foot, but yeah. Yeah, it's getting there. You know, you'll get some, but yeah, they'll just be a little late. <laughs> it seems to be a little later this year than in years prior. So yeah. I guess if there's one thing we could tell the home gardener is don't panic, right? but don't expect seed companies to be full of inventory to December or January. Right. Because just because you go to the website now and you see it's out of stock, we're going to be getting seeds in in the next yeah. few months, yeah. and they're going to be coming in in droves, and we'll be getting them packed. So we should be up and going by January. Would you say everybody, every, for the most part? Yeah, I would say um, because the giant vast majority of crops typically come in this time of year. The so. only exception that would be southern peas. Those yes. are always late. Yeah. <laughs> always late. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. They're after the first of the year. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're going to have inventory. And we're going to have seeds. We're going to have plenty of them. But these just may be a little later than your normal. A lot of people buy their seeds in the fall. Oh, yeah. And especially, I mean, think about it. Typically, I'm November 1. I'm talking about in the 1, fall for spring plant. Right. Yeah. November 1 to January 1 is when a vast majority of people buy their seeds for what they're going to do in the spring. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those things will be okay. But some of them... They might have to wait a month or so, but that's or okay because we'll you a, don't need them yet. Or we'll go with a different variety yeah, substitute. Yeah, yeah. So what we want to talk about today is some insights on some good varieties because people always get bogged down on varieties because <laughs> there's so many of them. There are. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some insights on some good varieties to plant for fall garden. So I get to talk about my favorites. Yes, okay. absolutely. And we're going to cover a lot of the Nebraska's. Because yes. that is one thing that we love to grow in the fall of the year. Yeah. So what do you say? Let's kick it off. So, okay. So I talked to a few people mm -hmm. before I came today. I'm like, what you going to talk about this time? I was like, I'm talking about brassicas. And I got this blank look. Really? Yeah. So maybe you should talk about that a little bit first. Yeah, brassicas. Because, you know, we just throw these things around. We do. We? <laughs> and, and I actually thought about that last night when I was thinking about the show. I said, you know, we, we throw brassicas around. 
Babraskas are those cold crops such as broccoli, cauliflower, collards. Does turnips, turnips didn't go with that, does it? Yeah, no, kale, no, turnip, kale uh, cabbage, cabbage. Chinese any of those cabbage. are brassicas, yep. Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts, yes. Brassicas. So that's what we're going to dig in today. We're going to touch on a couple more things, but we're going to go all in on those. Yeah. And then we're going to just speckle a little bit of the other in there at the end. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. So let's talk about first thing is broccoli. Because I think broccoli is probably the most popular brassica out there. Would you say so or not? If not, it's at the top. Well, it's popular. Although I wonder, I think a lot of times home gardeners are like, ah, I'm a little scared. That takes up a lot of room. If I'm just going to, is that worth it to get ahead of broccoli? But I think it is worth it. It's one of those things, if they ever grow it, they definitely grow it exactly. again. Exactly. That's what I say. Yeah. If they're hesitant at first, if I think a lot of the hesitancy is, I mean, broccoli is a big commercial crop, right? Mm -hmm. Scott, I should know. So it, once it goes back to the variety, once your customer knows what varieties to look for and why, then they'll have success. And then, yeah. Right. They'll grow it. The number one we'll talk about is... Green Magic. Green Magic. Yep. So Green Magic, going back to what I said about uh, broccoli being a popular commercial crop, and I think I even mentioned this maybe in the last show, but Cicada is a broccoli company. I mean, any broccoli that you're going to eat, there's probably like a 75% chance it came from us. Wow. So with that being said... We know broccoli and we have broccoli, but broccoli is one of those crops that there are tons of varieties. And the reason is because it's so popular to eat, mm -hmm. it's grown in such big quantities by the farmers that we have to be very specific about um, where they're grown, what type of climate it is, and what season it is. So all the varieties in general are very what we call slot specific. It goes into a specific slot for that temperature, that season, that growing area. So for the home gardener, that can get overwhelming sure. and very confusing. That's where this comes in. Green Magic is not any of those very specific things. It is developed to be very nonspecific and widely adapted. So if you want to start with a broccoli or if you want to have a good chance of having success, then Green Magic is going to be your best bet, especially for this time of year. Mm -hmm. So It's a great one for transitions from when you have a late spring crop or an early fall crop because it does have a certain amount of heat tolerance to it, doesn't it? It does. Um, the one we're going to talk about next has even more. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> now, this is one that we, at, as, at this moment, we don't have a stop, but we're getting it in shortly, and we'll have it within a week or two. Have it installed because it's so popular yep. <laughs> we've got to run on it imperial and it it also it does it has it a touch even more heat tolerance i didn't know that yeah and so the other thing about imperial is it's got a super strong root system so brassicas broccoli broccoli cauliflower and specifically tend to have a pretty shallow root system you notice the little hairs that are on the bottom of the stems and then that can um, spread out into the ground pretty shallowly, which is why it's, you always take care to like mulch up really well around broccoli plants. But imperial roots just really get down into the soil a lot. Well, because of that, it doesn't require a lot of feeding either. It can really take a lot of extra stress and sort of neglect 
So that's also a good thing for people like me who have a lot of other things to do. Another good variety <laughs> for the beginner garden. Yeah, Imperial. Yep. Yep. exactly. So. so let's move on to Mr. Cauliflower. Now this is probably one of the least grown crops in the home garden. Yeah, so cauliflower can be a little more finicky than broccoli or cabbage or a lot of the other cold crops. Um, it's a little more susceptible to um, heat damage. It likes to bolt as soon as it gets a little warmer. It also doesn't like the cold as much. The plants themselves don't mind um, like a light frost, but once that head starts developing and it gets a little bigger, those heads don't like a frost. So a lot of the things we'll talk about, frost improves it. Not the case with cauliflower. So you want to be sure to give it plenty of room and plenty of time to do what it needs to do so that you don't get a really bad frost and ruin that head at the end. Now Twister is one of those bright white yep. heads. Another reason why it may be that cauliflower isn't as popular is because it takes more work. And the mm -hmm. reason it takes more work is because you want those bright white heads. And to do that, you have to go and you have to get rubber bands and you have to pull those leaves up around that head when it's about, what, three, three four mm -hmm. inches? And you need to protect it so that as it grows, it stays um, shaded in white. Well, you'll get those little black specks there if yep. you don't. Not this one. Do you have, it's not on the front, is yeah, it? On we got a picture up here. But you got a picture, right? Yep. So where do we come up with the name Twister? That's come from the leaves. <laughs> so this one does it itself. No more rubber bands, no more standing out there, bending over, gathering those things up like a ponytail. Yep. <laughs> okay. So Twister is a self-wrapper, it's called. It self-wraps its heads and it protects it all on its own. It's the only one, correct me if I'm wrong, the only one available to the home gardener that does that. I think so, yep. yeah. I haven't seen another one that does yep. it like this. And it's magnificent looking. It's kind of, actually, it's kind of freaky looking. Yeah, yeah. You have a picture you're going to show. We that. do. Yeah. So a home gardener's going to grow cauliflower. If you've never grown it before, definitely go with a twister. Yep. All right. What is next? Flash collards. Collards. So unlike cauliflower, um, collards... They don't care if it gets a little too hot. They don't care if it gets way too cold. They're way, you know, more adaptable to extremes in the temperatures either way. And in fact, as I'm sure, as my grandfather taught me, they taste better if you wait till it frosts, right? Mm -hmm. So that yep. kiss of a frost right. makes, it, makes it sweeter. A little sweeter, that's right. Yep, yep. So flash is a Bates type, and I think we talked about you used to grow. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what's popular. That was a staple here in the mm -hmm. South back then. It was, then. that's yep. what my granddad grew. And, but this one, it matures really early. And whereas I remember as a child waiting for that one giant plant, cutting it and putting it, we put it in those giant black garbage mm -hmm. bags. Okay, well this one, it's really quick. It's really early. You cut it back, the big leaves, and then you let it come back again and cut it again and again and again. Crop it. Yep. You can crop it just like yep. we used to crop the backer. Yes, it is. Yep. A, yeah, it is like that. Yep. yep. So um, you're going to get a lot nicer, bigger leaves, more uniformity, quicker growth, and it's just it's just a much nicer product than going with the straight old types. Feet to five days maturity. Quick. Yes, yeah, quick. And you know, down here in the south, I guess y'all do too, but we love our collards. I love my collards. I'm the collard tester. When we go out to California oh, and we're in those traipsing around those trials, they're like, eh, collards. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, back up. We're going to talk about these collards. Oh, you know, that reminds me. Let me mention this. Because we talk about, you know, these are so versatile 
because you can plant them in the spring and plant them in the fall. But what's really, really popular right now is you can plant a lot of these things for baby leaf stage to put into salad mixes and even like microgreens. Mm -hmm. Collars, believe it or not, has become one of our best sellers to grow to little two to three inch leaves and mix in with a salad. Really? And flash is the best variety for that. We've even had universities contact us and say they've tested collards for that use, and flash is the best one. So you, you're talking about the indoor growing. Is mm -hmm. baby, or you can do it outside. Or you can do it outside too. But most people, home gardeners, tend to do it in, yeah. indoors. Mm -hmm. So you can do indoors. You can grow them up to about, what, this big? Mm -hmm. Trim them off. Do they come back? Yeah. Yeah. I know our lettuces, we can get two to three cuttings mm -hmm. off that. I guess you can collards as so well. So you do it the same way you would grow lettuce. I got to like try that. that. Yep. On your, on your patio, I know you're going to have a like a flat. Yep. Just put it in the flat, stick it inside, stick it on the patio. And mix it in with your salads. Mm -hmm. hmm. Now, all the all-time popular kale. You know, <laughs> kale is billed as the superfood. It is. Let me just show one at a time there. Let's start off with Red Russian. So Red Russian, you know... Kales, to me, I'll say, kind of all taste similar. So to me, kale is really more about mixing up the look, which I think is why we were talking about the different ones that you have. The red one is, um, you know, it's got that, it's not really red. I mean, it's a green leaf, but it's like a pinkish red tinge. Mm -hmm. And then if you add in, you've got the lancinato type, Oh, right? the lancinato. Now, I have to say this is my favorite. Yeah. Now, why is that your favorite? That is a lot of people's favorite. You know, I'm just curious. I, I just think it's it's got a cool story behind it. Yeah. And and plus, it's just a good looking green, dark green leaf yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and you know, if you go to Olive Garden, you get that Los Nottos. Well, they call, they call it something else called Toscano. Yep. I have the best recipe for that. I can make that like yep. nobody's business. So I that's got that the Los Nottos. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, and the texture is different. Yeah. So that is it's a nice texture for cooking. And then um, Blue Ridge is sort of the third one that provides, again, a different texture. That is a, it is a hybrid. So it's going to give you a little bit more earliness and a little bit more vigor. Um, but all three of these, I know when we talked about kale previously, I asked you specifically, what, what do your customers ask you the most? What are your most common questions about kale? And you said that you get asked a lot, well, when exactly do you plant them and how much cold do they really take, mm. right? So interestingly, I mentioned that collards were, were way more cold hardy than a lot of the cold crops, but kale is probably the most cold hardy. Really? So it can, I mean, some people say it'll go down to zero degrees Fahrenheit. Some people say it'll even go down to like negative 10. Mm. But regardless, like it will take the cold. And just like collards, it'll get sweeter. Sweeter. Yeah. So. All right. And collards and kale, both, as far as the timing, they're both about three months and you can direct sow them. Yeah. So. We do it both ways. We direct sow them, sow, sow them. But you know, we got, we transplant a lot of yeah, collards. Yeah. Yeah. We used to didn't do that. We do that now. The great bobcat cabbage. Cabbage. Yep. So cabbage in general, you know, it's, it's more like. It's broccoli and cauliflower cousins in that it'll take, you know, the freezing temperatures. But once that head has formed, it might mess with the texture a little bit. So if you if you have hard freezes in your area, you want to take that into consideration and back up your timing to make sure you don't get to that end stage and sort of mess up 
you know, the texture of the head. But speaking of the texture of head, that's one of the reasons that Bobcat is my favorite. Typically in the fall, you'll read a lot where it says, well, in the fall, you plant storage types or kraut types, people that make sauerkraut. Well, that you do, that's, but that's kind of an old fashioned, you know, recommendation because the reality is um, for what they call fresh market types. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're bred to also do well in the fall. So there's no reason if you don't like, you know, pickled or, you know, stored type, storing type cabbages, which tend to be a little hotter in flavor and sharper, there's no reason you can't grow a fresh market cabbage in the fall. And bobcat is considered a fresh market bobcat cabbage. Bobcat is considered a fresh market cabbage, and that, that is really because it's not that hotter, stronger, old-fashioned cabbage taste. It's like that sweet slaw that you get in the restaurant kind of flavor, Kentucky right? Fried chicken. Yeah, that kind of thing. Now, this head is known to be extremely dense. Correct? I mean, this thing is hard. And if you, I think, does your picture on your seat? Yeah, I love this picture because this shows exactly what we mean by that. I mean, that, that ensures right there, you cut that open, that's going to be some crisp cabbage. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have the best texture with a cabbage like that. So it's one of my favorites just because it's so sweet. I, I mean, I will stand out in a field. I will cut that thing open with a big knife and I'll just chomp on it right really? there. Yeah. So a, a, oh, let's see. If you're living more in a colder climate or if you have a later planting, this also would be a great choice, correct? Yeah. Just make sure that if you have the really, really hard freeze, then it'll be ready to pick before that. You know, one other thing about cabbages in general, you hear about them splitting, mm -hmm. and that's a problem if you get a lot of rain. And that's like a lot of crops, right? It's if you, right at the end there, right before it gets ready to be ready to pick, if you get a big rain, basically it's those cells and those leaves like sucking Just up on it, it. Yep. it pops open. Now this is one of the these, Chinese cabbage yeah, and, and the, pop choy. Lesser known from yes. people. I mean, we didn't eat them growing up. No, I did not I eat have, them growing up. I have <laughs> never grown, heard of them growing up. <laughs> I have I have grown them and I've experimented with them. Of course, we all go to these different type of restaurants now where we eat them and we enjoy the texture yeah. and the flavor of them. Yep. Let's talk about China Star first. Okay, so chi that's just Chinese cabbage, which is slightly different than a pop choy that we'll talk about next. And really, it's I have to look at my notes. I'm sorry. They're both brassica rapas, but this is picanensis. Pi there we go. Picanensis. <laughs> I have to look at it every time. So I remember somebody told me one time when they were trying to explain what Chinese cabbage is as opposed to something like a pot choy. They're like, tastes like cabbage, looks like lettuce. Or tastes like cabbage, feels like lettuce. I'm like, what? But if you look at it, you can sort of see that. I mean, it's a cabbage. It's going to have that cabbage flavor. But the plant itself kind of looks like a romaine, a really crisp romaine lettuce. Mm -hmm. And it has the texture. And it has that texture. So compared to the bobcat, right, you're going to slice this thing open and it's really open and airy and crunchy. And it does look like the heart of a romaine lettuce almost. But that also kind of tells you what you can do with it, mm -hmm. you know, as far as eating it. Because it's really great, fresh, chopped up. Um, but egg rolls... I mean, I actually now make my own egg rolls. I would have never thought. So you use this? I use that. That's, that's for egg rolls, huh. bar none. 
but then there's this you know there's this thing now where you do like a deconstructed egg roll salad it's like egg roll in a bowl you ever heard of that we've never done egg rolls <laughs> well when we should we've egg roll in a bowl is a really good way to start because you don't have really? to do all that yeah. <laughs> you can just chop up the chinese cabbage and, huh. and lightly like saute it and put all the other stuff in it it's really good wow but that's chinese cabbage and china star is a really good early one so joy choy okay so this is a pot choy so where the other one was that picanensis, right? Pak choys or chinensis. So they're just very, very closely related, but obviously you can see by the shape here, kind of completely different animals, right? This is another one like the collard that has become super popular for growing and cutting just the leaves for a salad. Yeah, it's 50 days to maturity. It's a very early maturing. I mean, you can plant this stuff and grow it in no time. Oh yeah. And joy choy, we really, I'll have to tout Sakata here in the, in the pot choy market, we really sort of cemented the pot choy um, growing in the U.S. because it could be kind of finicky and, and people, like you said, didn't know about it. And uh, joy choy, we developed that variety to be really well adapted to anybody who tries to grow it very early, like you talked about, and, and really easy to have success and it's like the number one pop choy variety now. So I've never had any problems growing it, mm -hmm. but you keep it watered really well because it doesn't tolerate you do getting dry mm -hmm. and you have to fertilize it pretty heavy early on, correct? Early on, yeah, yeah. and you can taper off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, you can direct seed it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no need. You can put plant at the same time you're planting your collard and kale. Hmm. Yeah, just put them all three out. Yeah, now we're on to one of my favorites, and I've often said this, the unsung hero of the garden. <laughs> Which one are you going to start with first? So well, let's talk about them together, and then I'll talk about Quick Star a little more, because I know a little bit more about that one being ours. But So kohlrabi, yeah, so kohlrabi is one of those other things I'd never heard of as a child. I didn't know what that was. Me either. Because I'm from the South, and apparently those people that grew up in the Midwest knew that what that was. It's very, very popular in the Midwest. But I'd never heard of it until I actually until I got in the seed industry. Um, but I love it. It's so unusual that you have Conan and Quickstar here, which really their difference is their maturity. So they really make good complements because you can plant them and then you'll be um, harvesting your Quickstar super quick. Thirty-five like days. In Thirty-five days. Thirty-five days. Yes. Yep. And then your Conan comes on right after that, like four weeks later. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good, that's a, that's a good example of when buying two varieties is really useful. So if I'm living in Asheville, North Carolina, I still got time to plant this. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. I'll yeah. have to do that. <laughs> because, and again, this is like, well, what is that? What do you do with that? So I remember very specifically the first time I ever tasted kohlrabi. And I tasted it raw in the garden, mm -hmm. cut, you know, cut a piece off. I'm chewing, I was like, oh, well, this just tastes like water chestnuts. Exactly like water chestnuts. So you cut up some of that in your egg roll in a bowl with your China star cabbage. Wow. Right? <laughs> um, I've we also, made coleslaw out of it. Oh, well, I was going to say, yeah. the other thing it's, I've heard it um, compared to is jicama, mm -hmm. which makes a great slaw. Yeah. So matchsticks, I've seen it served like for crudite, for veggie trays, and cut it into matchsticks. Much tastier than just like dried now, up really, carrots. It really doesn't have any pest problems that I'm no, aware of. No, uh-uh. And it's yeah. so quick. I mean, yeah. it's really 
crazy looking too. It it's is. like a little spaceship sitting up on top of this. It's hill. like a turnip root that grows on it, top of the ground. It is. It looks very much like a turnip. Yeah. But boy, it tastes better than a turnip. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> encouraging people that have not tried that to grow crop. It's sweet. It's mild and it's sweet. And you know, turnips, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say this, but turnips to me, whew, I can't handle that smell. That's the reason we're, 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 we're doing a lot of the all top turnips now. Yeah. We just don't have to, because I don't care for the roots, you yeah. know, you know yeah. we if just eat the, yeah. the tops. The roots. Yeah. So we're going to just touch on just a couple of more things to talk about fall garden. Let's talk okay. about beets. Beets are one of my favorites. Now I know beets is kind of like cilantro. I'm looking. It's kind of a love-hate thing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you like beets? I do. I love you know, beets. I didn't coming up, but I tried just a few years ago boil them in chicken broth and we roast oh. them in the oven oh, as I well with with like sea salt and on olive oil i love roasted absolutely love it and then that on a salad mm -hmm. is really really good yeah so <laughs> speaking of uh southern right i yeah. don't know about you but we have to have pickled beets on the table every night yeah you know, like i'm not pickled? a big oh. pickled beet fan <laughs> I yeah. Love yeah, yeah. Beets. but i love them roasted yeah. too so yeah so beets um you know, we didn't talk about this. I don't think about cold crops in general, but cold crops really prefer, I mean, they tolerate, but then some of them actually prefer a little more, a little higher pH in the soil and beets are exactly the same way. So if your um, home gardeners use like potting soil, that's typically like a 5.5 and raising that up to like a 6, 6.5, 7, even 7.5, you're going to get better results for the things we just talked about and for beets. So you're talking about brassicas and beets can tolerate or actually perform better in like a 7 pH? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's something to think about. These are pretty quick too. Um, 55 days mm -hmm. for Merlin. Merlin. Now I normally direct seed my beets. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And then um, I'm sure you talked about this before. I'll, do you? I don't know if you may even explain this in your um, online or in some other things about beet seeds being actually like a multi-seed. Mm -hmm. So multi-germ multi yeah. or multi-embryo, mm -hmm. you hear both terms. So with regular, if you want to grow like a regular big beet, then that's why you would have to thin, thin them once they sprout, right? But if you want to, any of these can be harvested for baby beets, right? So then you don't have to thin out quite as many, right? You can plant, you can have a few more of those sprouts. But beets is another one that is really popular now in salad mixes, even in the grocery store. Almost every grocery store salad blend has beet greens in it. Yeah, and it's microgreen also. And microgreen. So in that way, these multi-embryo or, you know, seeds are a boon or seed clusters really are a boon because you don't, you get five or six sprouts for every one of these that you plant. Is this one of your favorite varieties? That is my favorite one, bar none. And really it's all about the sweetness. So beet roots, typically, when we talk about how sweet they are, we talk about a Brix reading, B-R-I-X, mm -hmm. is how, how what the sugar content is. And even out when we're out um, studying things and tasting things in the field, we have this little machine that we rub the root on and it and we read it and it tells us exactly what the sugar content, how high the bricks So is. just in case people don't know, everything is measured everything up is against measured. sugar content. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, if you're gonna eat veggies, you gotta make it taste good, right? <laughs> so Merlin, oh, most beets run, I would say anywhere between nine and 12% bricks as far as how sweet they are. And Merlin is 
12 is the very minimum you're ever going to get. It goes way up to like 16%. Hmm. So that is a one sweet beet. So if you're going to do candied beets or anything like that, this is the variety you yeah. want to do with. Or just if you want to have your kids like beets because they don't. <laughs> start now, with one thing one. <laughs> I cannot do, and I've tried it several times, I can't eat them raw out of the garden. Oh, really? That yeah. one you could. Really? Uh-huh. I had to try it. Try it. Touch. Or this one. <laughs> yeah. This one's a little different color. This one's a different color and it's a different flavor. So that's why if, if you're a little iffy on beets, raw beets, go for Merlin for the high sugar content, but Touchstone Gold, besides being absolutely beautiful, is milder. You know, a lot of people say, oh, beets taste like dirt, right? Well, whatever that flavor is, the golden beet has less of it. And really, we've actually done a lot of actual tests for the volatile compounds, you know, that you will find in the beet. And those, those chemical compounds that sort of create then that flavor in your mouth, well, those things aren't in this color. This Some people beet. call it the earthy flavor. Yeah, earthy. <laughs> Not dirt. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> right? So, Touchstone Gold doesn't have that type of aftertaste or flavor. So it's much milder, it's much sweeter in a different kind of way. But it's really just a different flavor than the red beet. So these two in combination is just like the bomb. Really? Yeah. And what about radishes? Everybody should be growing some radishes in their fall garden. So radishes, radishes is sort of the first thing you start off with with kids in the garden, right? Because they're- They're the, it's so easy. So easy, so quick, you know, they're also kind of all the same. So, <laughs> so one of the things I like about this one is it's so different. It's a watermelon radish. Now, we have Stargazer and Starburst. They're very similar. But as you can see from this picture, they're just gorgeous. But it's a totally different animal as far as what it looks like from a regular radish because a regular radish is, what, about an inch? Mm -hmm. And these things are almost, I mean, they're almost like a baseball size, a little right. bit smaller than a baseball size. And just that gorgeous pink um, Starburst interior. Now, it's also a milder, sort of like if you um, don't like beets, you know, try the golden beet. So the same thing with the radishes. A lot of people don't like, they think they're hot or that peppery taste of a regular radish. So watermelon radish won't be that peppery, that much of a peppery taste. It will be sweeter and milder. So it's a good sort of like starter radish for that type of flavor. Um, it also enables, I think, you to do a lot more things with it. I mean, they're great pickled um they're really good in salads not you know not to mention beautiful but there's just a lot more things i think you can do with a watermelon radish than a regular radish the one thing i'll say huge difference it takes twice as long the watermelon radish does yeah so i mean you're going to get a regular radish in 22 21 23 days this takes like 60 days so you need to take that into account when you plant Or it. maybe plant some of those early material when the same time you're gonna plant your watermelon radish yeah. and you'll have two different plants there you come go. off. Yeah. Yep, yep. And also yeah. you can eat these as microgreens. You can, really pretty and yep. really neat flavor. Yeah, microgreens, you know, you can do just about anything with microgreens. Yes, we did some testing with some cantaloupe microgreens. Oh, fun. It was the strangest thing. So <laughs> we did cantaloupe and I said, well, oh, the cantaloupe, I gotta do watermelon. The cantaloupe, it, it was so weird because that little leaf tastes like a cantaloupe. Yeah. The watermelon, horrendous, horrible. <laughs> it didn't taste anything like a watermelon. Yeah. But that cantaloupe microgreen, it was just amazing the flavor it had to it. It had a, a sweetness to it. Yeah, the ones I've noticed that are that like, oh, that's weird kind of thing are 
pea, like pea shoots. Yep. And corn. Have you done corn? Have not done corn. Oh, well, do corn. Really? Yeah. I, you know where I tasted it first? Corn? My, microgreen shoot, whatever. Was at Disney World. Hmm. And I remember this weird big thing coming out of my plate. I thought, oh, that's just strange. I've never seen that done as, as a microgreen or a shoot. And the same thing. I put it in my mouth. I was like, okay, well, that is weird. And it's awesome. About? Yeah. It's like, yeah. We'll have to try that. Yeah. It's interesting. So we always, it's, it's custom here on the show that we always do a corny joke. Okay. I got the last corny joke. That you did? I'm probably not going to get this, this one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Okay. Why couldn't the green pepper practice archery? Why couldn't the green pepper practice archery? Shoot. I don't know this. Because it didn't have an arrow. Ah. But you have to admit, that's a good one there. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> Habanero. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a little. We got a little bit of things going on here. So we got strawberry plants coming in. Ooh. The I'm gonna say the last week or so in October, and we're selling strawberry plants. Chandler strawberry. Are you familiar with Chandler? Yes. Chandler strawberry is yes. a great, great one. one. Been around mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. We're selling these things in 50 plugs to the flat. Now. This year, we offer them to surrounding states, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi. We got a few left. So if anybody out there is interested in growing some strawberries, if you've never done it before and you study up on a little bit and understand how to do it, it's extremely rewarding to, rewarding to have those treats early in the springtime. Oh. I'll do it. <laughs> Can I still order <laughs> yeah, some? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we got a few of those left, and uh, so, so check that out. We're going to put the link up here on the screen. Also, for the first time ever, we're doing onion plants this oh, year. Oh, nice. Oh, but that's so much easier. Yep. We're only doing short days this year, short yep. day onions, and we're putting, there's a map, we show you a map right now of where you live what variety or what type of onion you want to plant. So if you're in that short day area right there, then you can order onion starts from us. We'll have them the 1st of November, which is perfect time yeah. to plant them. And the varieties we're going to have is red Creole. Oh, that, I love that, that one. Sounds that sounds great, don't it? That's a red onion. Yeah. Plethora. I haven't tried that one. Plethora is probably uh, one of the best Vidalia type onions uh, grown. Okay. Nice. Makes a bigger onion. And of course, Savannah Sweet. Oh, yeah. Plethora and Savannah Sweet are both uh, Vidalia type onions, mm -hmm. the big mm -hmm. sweet onions. So, onion casserole. Yep. So, we're going to have those starch. There's 50 to a bundle. We have them live on the site right now. So, you can go order your pre-order your onion starts come november one we'll shoot them to you and you can get them into the ground that's plenty of time. so much easier i mean oh, that's yeah. like doing people a big favor yeah we sell the onion seed and a lot of people want to grow their onion yeah. seed but if something happens or you just want to or you're late or you're late you can get your onion plants from us and we'll have plenty of them yeah so that does it tracy thank right. you so much it's always a pleasure to have you such a wealth of information and i've I learn probably as much as anybody else does when it's I... It's always fun. Yep. Well, now, tell me again what I'm supposed to grow, this hibiscus. Roselle. 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 And I can get it from you? You can. All right. I'm yep. going to try that one. All right. All right. I hope to come back again. Absolutely. Okay. Thank y'all. Thank now, you. it's time to get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.